fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, ha, ha, ha. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, October 7th, 2011, episode 91 of The Hot Box. My name is Matt. My name's Ian. We bring you a weekly look at what's going on in the world of cannabis, legislation, culture, things that are important. We're not going to sit here and talk about the, the latest stoner movie we saw that I was so stoned, dude. It was so funny, bro. I was so, the munchies did stuff. So seriously, my dad. Seriously. But we're going to tell you, hey, Occupy Wall Street's happening. Hey, there's a petition you can sign. Hey, there's a documentary. Ken Burns came out. Hey, you ever heard of Leap? Have you ever heard of Leap? I have, this actually. This is Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. It's a nonprofit organization, if you don't know. Uh, cops Say Legalize Drugs.com, formed by cops, judges, and others in the criminal justice system who believe the war on drugs has been an expensive failure that has only made our nation's tragic drug problem worse. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm personally excited for our guest this evening. I that's think it's right. going to be really exciting. I've, I've never actually spoken to an um, officer that's involved with LEAP. So Yeah, um, this is, and I mean, we, we first, uh, a while ago, back when Sandy and I were hosting the show, we had a, someone in the chat and give us a little, little lip. They said LEAP wouldn't touch your show. <laughs> what do you know? So we made it our uh, our mission to uh, reach out, and we got a gentleman from Arizona from Leap uh, back then. And ever since, they come to us now, and they say, hey, this just came out. You want to have a guy on the show? And we're like, yeah, we do. So tonight, for your listening pleasure, make you think, hopefully, uh, we have James Mooney. Uh, we're going to get him on the line here. This is going to be a great conversation. Very, very excited. I'm a huge fan of uh, his work. His <laughs> kidding. law enforcement work. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, James, you're live on the hot box. Uh, My name's Ian. Ian is here. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Oh, we're, we're great, man. Starting to get a little chilly up here, but no problem. No problem. So you're uh, you're involved with Leap. You used to be an, an officer. Um, when when did it first occur to you that what was going on, what you guys were uh, being told to do, was not right in in your mind? Well, I think uh, it happened when I had a a, a young couple inside of a home in uh, southern Utah that was making a buy, and I had them wired. And I heard a little boy cry out for his mother. And uh, I realized that I was going to take that mother away and father away for 10 years. And it just dawned on me. It it was like a a lightning bolt. My gosh, I'm part of the problem. I'm not a solution here. And that's, that's really what it started. Wow, that that's real powerful imagery too. I mean, just to to firsthand experience something like that. Uh, in your mind, were these people criminals? Were they doing anything wrong? Well, right now, I do not think that they were criminals at all. I just think that they uh, were. I believe it was marijuana that they uh, that we busted them off, and 
as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, the utilization of anybody uh, wanting to utilize uh, any plant that's growing on, uh, on, on the earth. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm sure that you're very aware of, of the difference between drug use and drug abuse. Is that correct? Yes, but I, th- I think that, I think uh, it's a medical problem, not a uh, legal problem. I, I think and that I, we would tend yeah. to agree with you on that one. I, th- I think Absolutely. that one of the issues I think that I've discovered um, uh, talking to Montana's legislative body and, and other elected officials um, and, and people in general that, that, that the difference between drug use and drug abuse is, is – isn't very well known. Uh, people aren't aware that there is a difference between those two things. And, and the, the story, um, that I see here on your bio that you just told us about, uh, the couple that had the young child. Um, do you think that, do you think that those individuals were just using cannabis or do you think that there was, there was a form of, of drug abuse going on there? Well, now as I look back at it, I don't think it makes any difference one way or the other. I mean, uh, people have a, uh, a constitutional right to be able to put whatever they want into their body. I mean, that's just flat out the way it is. Now, what it's, uh, if they happen to be abusing in the sense that it causes them to break uh, laws, then that's a whole different ballgame. Correct. And, but for, for them to actually partake of anything and put it into their body, it's none of my business, none of the outside people's business, what they do and how they do it, as long as or, I mean, it doesn't make any difference until they're uh, abusing it to some degree and they commit some type of crime, uh, such as, you know... Uh, Theft or driving while under the influence or putting other yeah, people at risk, right? Absolutely. It's when... I mean, that, that, that's what they ought to be convicted for, not by, because they're breathing air. I mean, holy, holy mackerel. <laughs> I mean, if they take account for the position... Uh, uh, saying this plant is not good or this plant is good, heck am I? It means that, I mean, you could go to that extent to say, well, if I'm in Pittsburgh, if I'm breathing the air in Pittsburgh, then that, that's illegal because that is uh, more toxic than it is in uh, Moab, uh, Utah. I mean, that's, it's insane. I mean, the whole concept of the war on drugs is just absolutely, when you sit down and look at it very realistically in a mature manner, it's an insane, uh, diabolical uh, policy that the United States has perpetrated upon its own citizens. It's t- it's tyranny, and I think Joe Rogan summed it up best when he said, "When it when it goes from me putting something in my body that affects me, when it goes from that to affecting you, then maybe we have a problem. But as long as I can ingest the, a substance and it has absolutely no effect on the people around me." then back off, you know? It's none of your business. All that is is one human trying at the very base of it to control another, and that's not right. It's, uh, absolutely. So to, to give people a little background on who you are, uh, you spent more than a decade in Utah state law enforcement uh, and the State Department of Corrections, during which uh, you were a zealous enforcer of the drug war. Uh, you were told by a supervisor, Hurricane Police Officer Kim Segmiller, that during your time undercover, you took down more people for drug charges than all the other confidential informants in the state of Utah combined. Uh, In 1993, you were given the Citizens Award of Commendation from the state of Utah, signed by the governor, Mike Leavitt. That's pretty awesome, huh? 
I know that we've. And I, I, I must admit, uh, as almost all the other ten thousand um, law enforcement uh, officials or agents or uh, law enforcement officers, uh, we're all embarrassed about what uh, we did, and we feel like we perpetrated more harm on our on our society, in which we took a solemn oath to to uphold the United States Constitution, we feel like we violated is that, every aspect of that. Is that the case, or were you guys simply following orders? I mean, a lot of people say, you know, if it's not the police that are doing something wrong, it's the people that are ordering them to do that, you know, whatever it happens to be. If we don't need to focus on the police officers, we need to focus on who they're getting their orders from and change their orders. It was it was uh, were those sentiments echoed be, throughout the force that wow guys what we're doing here doesn't seem right? Oh, it's, it's absolutely. But uh, when you put on that badge, um, it's very much like the military. Right. Holy mackerel! Your supervisor tells you this is what we're going to do today, and then you dang well do it. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. And then you know, all one and some time or another, but. The, but let me take it back a little bit. I know what's really um, very interesting. There are a lot of prosecuting attorneys that realize that this war on drugs is just obnoxious. Right. And there was, uh, I was in a conversation with the, a, a, a county attorney, and I was just blown away when he said to me, uh, I'm eliminating the um, uh, drug task force for our county. And I said, whoa, what are you doing that for? And he said, every time we break down a door, we're violating the Constitution of the United States of America. Yep. Now that, you know, and now that was when I was still in in the process. That was before the Patriot Act, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Now, that was, a, I, I believe, a, if I'm correct, I think it was about 1990, oh, Ninety-five, I think that's what it was. Right. And so this prosecuting attorney was really, I mean, he he really wore his integrity right on his sleeve. I mean, it's just not right. And so uh, he had the guts to stand up to uh, all of the politicians or legislators and just say, "Hey, I'm just not doing it." And uh, I mean, hats off to him. At that time, I just thought that he was a little gut. But then uh, as I progressed and uh, looked at things in a very mature and realistic manner, uh, he was right on the money. And so, but the thing is, is that it's the legislators. And the legislators are owned and manipulated by your, um, what is, what's the lobbyists? The lobbyists, uh, sure. special interest groups. Primarily, I think the proselyting Christian religions are the ones that, uh, have perpetrated more unconstitutional laws on the books than any other group of people. Absolutely, and you f- you follow the money. I mean, that's the... that's, it. that's what the most interested in. And so right now you're looking at that uh, almost every every state, every state in the union, seventy percent of all the court actions are have to do with the war on drugs. Seventy percent of everybody incarcerated in the United States has to do with the war on drugs. 
So if you take away the war on drugs, you take away 70% of the income that goes into the judicial system. Well, maybe they, mean, sh- they, should have picked a, they should have picked a better business model than trying to screw okay. the, the people over just to make a buck, you know? Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. But there's, but there's been a lot of money made off of that. I mean, you think of what the pharmaceutical industry is, is gaining because of people uh, unable to grow uh, cannabis in their backyards. I mean, it's just, it's astronomical. But then you also look at, well, cannabis is really the, really, um, the um, major um, reason for the war on drugs is because actually the cannabis, is, from my understanding, is a multitude of industries, not, not just businesses, but industries, the paper industry, the clothing industry, all of these, the clothing industry is making massive amount of money on um, the suppression of uh, cannabis. I mean, cannabis makes the best clothing in the world. Well, and if, uh, if you think paper. about it, like how how many of these businesses are going to be threatened by that, you know, by cannabis? We could become so self-sufficient if we utilized what the full scope of what cannabis uh, can do for us as a, as a society, you know. You're absolutely right. And like I said, with LEAF, you've got 10,000, 10,000. Now, that's a lot of folks. Absolutely. Okay, that were law enforcement officials. Uh, I was at the hip harvest uh, in Seattle, Washington, where uh, we uh, Leap spoke, and one of the um, co-people or co-speakers of Leap was a prosecuting attorney. And, I mean, he and I just, I mean, uh, we disdained what we did, uh, what we did. And, but it was our job at that time, and then finally we just, I just said, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. And uh, that's when I took, when I did the prison system and, and started counseling uh, people on getting them out of jail, getting them out of prison, which I was very successful at. But uh, the, it, it, it's an embarrassment. It's, it, it's a total embarrassment. And the um, Ken Burns thing is finally getting things out in the open where people are having a mature discussion about um, this 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 plague that we put onto ourselves, and uh, and I, uh, with the uh, new uh, uh, bills in uh, Congress right now, holy mackerel! Hopefully, uh, anyway, the issue on uh, marijuana will be eliminated uh, very shortly, uh, especially if you maintain a mature conversation and you go about things in a in a very um, mature manner, in disciplined manner, and not yelling and screaming and, uh, you know, taking a, a bong and sitting on this, uh, the uh, county uh, courthouse. I mean, that's just idiotic. It doesn't make any sense. But going about it, talking to your legislators, talking to uh, the people, the public, getting them educated, and uh, good things are going to happen. James, it's... it's- it's pretty profound that you went from being a drug enforcement officer and then uh, kind of went back to counsel uh, individuals that were already incarcerated 
uh, to help them get out of jail. I think that's really profound. Um, one other thing that we've discussed on this show before is um, w- when the DEA or when there is a seizure made of illegal drugs, um, let's they, they let's say they they seize a, a a couple. Let's just have an arbitrary number of a, a couple tons of marijuana, right? And so they they put this in the newspaper that oh we you know we found we found thousands of pounds of marijuana in the back of this uh, uh, transport truck, and you know this is a, it, they portray it as as a victory for the DEA or for the drug enforcement agencies. But as what I've brought up on the show before is that it's really kind of a symbolic bust because the the people that are they're shipping these drugs into the country that's that's a that's an accountable loss for them if if they have twenty percent of their shipment seized they send an extra twenty percent would would you agree? Absolutely. And it, 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 the whole thing is is an intimidation factor too is what they're doing. Control and control. Well, yes control, but what it amounts to is that, you know, uh, we used to uh, make big busts and we, you know, broadcast it all over the place, and what do we paint it with? These are criminals, they're such and such. I mean, we forget the fact that these are uh, citizens, our citizens, our fellow human beings. We should be upset that these people are going to jail. Like, we should be sad not celebrating this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, you're dealing with the the, the worst of human behavior. Right. When you, when you see the laws like it's this. greed. I mean, it's greed and also pride. I mean, right. uh, ego. You know, I worked. I mean, I I I don't know how many search warrants that I uh, assisted in in um, uh, putting together the information for the search warrants. And I got to tell you, when when you're serving a search warrant and you're part of the SWAT team. And you're busting down doors. I mean, that's a freaking rush. Oh, yeah. It's a rush. And, I mean, imagine being on the other end of that with the people that, you know, we've seen stories about uh, the SWAT and DEA going to the wrong house, and there's, you know, a family there with children, and you're having this traumatic experience that, I mean, that it's beyond me. Exactly. Their children, the rest of their lives. You can't forget this. Yeah. This and is my major, major object or major objection to this war on drugs. It is absolutely the number one issue that is uh, destroying the family unit. Well, it's a war. You just, I mean, the war on drugs. These are American citizens, usually. And you're fighting a war with them like that. That that seems so far from what should be happening with these people that it's mind blowing that we sit by and let our government and our support our government in many cases. Exactly. And your here's money. Go buy some machine guns and some crazy battle armor and go kick in this guy's house. Like I get some of these cartels are well armed. But they're looking at it tactically, uh, strategically, from a military standpoint. And that is, you don't commit that to your people, you know? I don't care. I I don't know. I have a hard time with that. Well, James, you'd also said that, you know, addiction isn't a legal problem. It's a medical problem. And and I think that's very profound to, to realize as well is that being incarcerated isn't going to do anything for your addiction problem. Like no, there's, there's, there's drugs. no solution there. <laughs> there's drugs. As a matter of fact, it, 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 uh, 
it compounds the issue. When someone has an addictive problem or a challenge that they're dealing with, that is almost, um, it's extremely difficult to overcome. Absolutely. That. But then you tap on a criminal. So now they're not only an, an addict, so-called, now they're also a criminal. And so once... you almost have, have a un, un, impossible situation to overcome. That's the reason in the prison system, they I don't know if you know what this means, but it is over 90% recidivism. 90% recidivism. That means out of every thousand people that are released from prison, 900 of them will be back in prison within three years. Right. The system is set up to feed itself over and over and over again. Once you get an initial population in a prison system, it it's its own thing now. Like It will continue to replicate and replace itself and continue moving forward in its little society there that you've created that, like you said, 90% of these people will never get a regular job, will never be acclimated back into society and be accepted as a, a fellow human being. Like Life is over at that point. I, I could not ever imagine what that would be like. I, it's mind-blowing. And then and this is a business. This is, business is booming, my friend. Business is all over the place. I understand that the the um, uh, prison system, the um, uh, privately owned prison system, is the most uh, profitable, it's largest growing <laughs> industry in the United States. Absolutely. I mean, there's more people. People, people, people. We keep creating these laws. We keep offering, you know, incentives for officers to bust as many people as you can on what whatever. It's appalling oh, yeah. that this the happens. Last, the, last, uh, 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 the last year was after I had uh, uh, resigned from doing the undercover work. Uh, it was about, uh, oh, I think uh, six months afterwards, I get a telephone call from, uh, uh, from I don't know, it was Kim, and uh, he said, I can make a hundred thousand dollars if I do this one more project for him. <laughs> what? You know, I said no, but I got to tell you, you know, if I didn't have the wife that I had, I would have taken him out, taken him up on it. Because, of, I mean, that's a lot of money. I'm curious and what the project was now. Well, it was to take down an individual that had uh, a Convention kind of at his uh, at his mansion that he had, ah. and he brought in all of his distributors to this particular thing at this particular time of the year, and I was invited to be there, hmm. and I was the only one in the task force that could actually get in there. Right, right. I refused to do it. That's isn't, interesting. Isn't money so intoxicating as well? I mean, I, I think that money really pushes a lot of these issues it's forward. It's the motivation for well, right. everything we, we see in politics. Well, yeah, we're, we, we were just talking about elected officials and how they are manipulated um, so that these special interest groups and lobbyists get what they are being told to get. And so – and. And but this happens not only with our elected officials, but this happens with the criminals as well. There's that there's that motivating factor of money for dealers and people that sell these drugs. Yep. And a lot of times, and I think this could be said for most 
illegal illicit substances is that the risk is high, but so is the income and that return and and that can be, you know, intoxicating for a younger individual that, that it's uh, a video game, dude. It's a, it's a video game. You've just turned this into something that we're going to play levels and we're going to rise up and like they sensationalize it all over the media. MTV, I mean, you've heard mm-hmm. the argument over and over again. We feed it to them and then we arrest them and throw them in the system. Like you can play in one of two modes, you know? It's it's effed. Do you think that well, dr- you know, the go- two of you, the two of you, I am in uh, Matt, the two of you uh, you really have the opportunity to bring uh, an end to this war. And how you do it is just simply, do you want to spend money on busting people's doors down, uh, incarcerating people, or do you want to spend your money on providing uh, more teachers? Uh, can you imagine the amount of money that they were able to transform the money that they're spending on the war and drugs into our educational programs, into uh, rehabilitation programs. Absolutely. I mean, then you would, you would change the whole complex. And so what has to be done, in my opinion, is people like yourselves who have this radio station and uh, broadcasting is to get people to, uh, to be, grow up and be part of the legislative process and electing individuals and standing up and voicing your feelings in a mature manner. You know, it's and that way you make changes. Yeah, it's funny you say that because ever since this whole uh, medical marijuana repeal issue here, a lot more people that normally wouldn't are paying attention to the local uh, and you know statewide political game, and I think that's going to make a huge difference because these people are they're remembering you know, what all we had to go through and what they had to deal with in order to smoke pot, which was making their cancer and their MS and all of these other ailments stress. and stress. And, uh, yeah, it, it it improved these people's lives so much that to have legislator take it away and just say, you guys didn't know what you were voting for, so we're going to repeal it. Like, these people are not going to deal with that. And a lot of these local regions, these people are running unopposed. So it's simply a matter of getting the word out, utilizing our web social 2.0 infrastructure that we've spent the last, you know, decade or so creating. It's a key, it's a tool for communication. We utilize that and we, you know... We just make it happen. I thought it was interesting. It has uh, do, to happen. This during can't this, go on, you know. During this last legislative season, uh, I went to our state's capital to... You I, were in the middle of this. Right. And so I, I went to the state's capital to do a little lobbying of my own. And because what I found out is that the elected officials that I talked to, both senators and House representatives of like, were getting most of their information from testimony, not facts. So exactly. they're blatantly stating uh, to audiences something that isn't true because they heard somebody else say it who was armed with the facts and when they're when when they're presented with the facts it's it's more of confusion to to the and one individual in particular when i showed him the real crime statistics from the state of montana's department of justice he asked where did i get this he had never seen it ian put together a 55 page report 
on this. On the state of Montana in relation to medical marijuana because there was all these things being sensationalized in our local media about, uh, you know, uh, medical marijuana is just like Hurricane Katrina in Montana. Right. That, that was... the destruction of medical marijuana is equivalent to the reactors overloading in Japan. That that there was like chaos and, and pandemonium. This is, James, this is testimony in the legislature. Correct. Like, this is what our Montana legislator got paid to do this last session. And so presenting facts about the crime rate in Montana being the lowest it's been in 32 years, showing facts that less Montana teens have been experimenting with drugs since medical marijuana has come into effect and showing these facts. It just, it felt to me that it was falling on deaf ears. Like, because that isn't, it wasn't what they wanted to hear. It wasn't pushing their agenda forward and therefore, it could be easily overlooked. Well, you're, you're overlooking the opposition. The pharmaceutical yeah. industry doesn't want this. I mean, so all the money, the financing uh, of the industries that are making billions of dollars, and I say billions of dollars, are lobbying against having legalized uh, so, um, medical water. How do you so fight medical, that? Medical, you can't fight it. You can't fight it. I mean, it's a good process and it's opened up a discussion but you'll never win with medical marijuana because the opposition is too great that is making billions of dollars at the suppression of it. Right. And so the only place that you can win this argument and win this this your position is under the First Amendment. And that's with the Native American Church because the Native American Church constitutionally and in and recognized the only organization recognized in the, in the, by the federal government as an earth-based healing religion. And there are laws based on simply saying anything that is uh, grown by Mother Earth is considered a sacrament by the Native American Church. That's interesting. And so, and so the only way that you can actually um, uh, win... Uh, overcome this war is one is get out of it and start uh, uh, honoring the indigenous religious principles of this continent, which is the Native American Church. It's the only one that has that unique distinction, and there's a multitude of laws to protect their rights, not under any kind of uh, legislative body, but by the First Amendment, purely. So when you're Taking a plant, let's say peyote, okay, there is law specifically stated that they avoid and they are not able to be prosecuted in the United States for uh, utilizing any plant that is grown on the uh, on planet Earth. It's just it, so you're doing it under the First Amendment, and nobody is going to knock that one. Has because precedent? If, if, go after, if the if the pharmaceutical president per se happens to be a Catholic, he is not going to undermine his religious principles. So the only way that you are assured of being able to eliminate this war is start honoring the Native American Church in the United States of America. And and one of the ways you can do that is just simply join and join the church. And, James, and that way they cannot touch you. We've you've you've been um, we've been mostly focusing on the prohibition of cannabis, but um, what about the prohibition on, on other drugs? I mean, 
doing a bust on someone that uh, we have someone in the chat room that just they mentioned methamphetamine, and so obviously methamphetamine. Schedule two. Interesting. Yep. So (laughs) methamphetamine being a schedule two drug, uh, but that's not really relevant to what I was going to say is that um, methamphetamine can be categorized as a larger threat to an individual's health and the addictive, the addictive properties and, and the society that goes along with that drug use Uh, as, as um, I'm not sure of, leaps like mission statement but do you feel that the prohibition um against other illicit substances is also doing more harm or or are you mostly just a a supporter of cannabis absolutely the entire war on drugs is unethical it's unconstitutional and it is a miserable failure period i love hearing that i know right i I really love hearing that from a uh Officer, uh, yeah. The previous, I, th- I think it's profound. I mean, it's it's uh, it? it's really rewarding for all of the work that that I've personally been doing and the work that Matt's been doing by trying to get the word out about some of this Absolutely. to to hear someone that was on, if you will, this is uh, on the you were on the other side defense. chasing or tracking down and and hunting the individuals that. You know, I've been trying to free essentially by right. by fighting for their right to use these substances, and so I guess is what I'm trying to say is that I thank I'm you. very yeah thank you. This has been very profound to hear some of the things that you've had to say. I think it's I think it's uh, should be very motivating not only to myself but to some of our listeners as well. I think that uh, I think that what well, you, you have ten thousand ten thousand law enforcement officials that feel as strongly about this issue as I do. I mean, 10,000. I'm talking about prosecuting attorneys. I mean, we all feel, we're all ashamed that we were so gullible and that we fell into that trap. And it is a trap of uh, building somebody's financial wealth and a trap to uh, build uh, uh, their pride and saying, look how good we are or whatever it is, which is so phony, it's incredible. How does... But there's 10,000 of us. How does something... I have a question. How does something that's so detrimental to the overall population, how does it last so long and be so, <clears throat> excuse me, so well-funded and so successful? I mean, like, there's a lot of people <laughs> out here, you know? It, it it seems like to operate a war on that level, I mean, I guess you're printing the money, is that it? Like, it, it seems crazy that, that that it's been allowed to go on for so long. Well, you didn't hear me right off the beginning. The suppression of uh, of, right. of, uh, of of cannabis is uh, people are making billions of dollars right. off of the suppression of cannabis. Billions. So that's it's all about money and the basic concept. And this is probably the fallacy of our country. And I and I believe that we will. The more spiritually grounded we get. The less we're going to be in a greed, uh, greedful type of uh, behavior, uh, where instead of how much money I can make, how much how 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 much can I actually serve my fellow human being, right. rather than how much money it is. How better? And, how much? <laughs> how much more improved can I leave this planet than when I that, got that, it? That and and right now our consciousness is you know more is better. 
I, I'll never forget, I'm, I'm um, coming down this beautiful canyon, and I happen to see these people conditioning and running out, and, and on the T-shirt, this guy was wearing is greed is good. And that just stopped me. I mean, that just absolutely said, what is this culture coming to? Greed <laughs> is good. I mean, my gosh. And that is exactly what, you, what you're dealing with. And so the best way to deal with things, in my mind, is with love. And so you start loving one another. You start seeing why people are in certain certain circumstances. And you learn the process of forgiveness, that everybody goofs up, everybody, and including you know, 10,000 of us, 10,000 uh, law enforcement officers that were bent, paid, and were enthusiastic about enforcing the laws uh, on drugs in the United States. And we saw what we were doing, and we stopped what we are doing, and now we're doing everything in the world to bring a halt to this atrocity that we've been perpetrating upon our own our own selves. Well, you know and what? So, it's, it's really, really comforting knowing that there are 10,000... Uh, behind this this movement you know it's it's sometimes some days man like it feels like it's just me and this guy over here and we're just like people are just not listening and they're not they're not getting it but you know to the it is much 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 bigger than than that um we have people like ken burns you know making these documentaries that are, that are getting into the mainstream and i think that's really huge because a lot of the older generations are still on that reefer madness kick and we have to get everybody away from that like the government needs to come forward and be like we completely made all of that up and like apologize give us some sort of whatever and you know send us on our way and never speak of it again but um he came out with this uh documentary called prohibition i'm sure you're familiar with this yes i am um yeah but you got ken burns now there, there's a prime example now ken burns excels in his profession i mean when it comes to documentaries he is the best period that's there's just no two ways about it okay so now you're getting these individuals that are approaching this issue in a mature, very, very powerful way. And they're not beating up anybody. They're not saying you're crazy. They're not saying... It's just a very mature, understandable way that they're telling this story. And it's a conversation. Yeah. And that's what we need, is intelligent, um, unbridled uh, conversation about these issues. And, and, and not only do we talk about the damage is being done, but talk about how incredible it will be when this war on drugs is over. Right, actually what showing, start- yeah, showing right. the end game and being like, if we don't screw this up anymore, like this is what it could possibly be like. Uh, people say Burns has a similar gift of uh, that rare history professor that can captivate even the most reluctant student. By bringing the material to life, and I think that's huge. That you can you can reach you know everybody, all walks of life, all ages, if you're a good storyteller. And he has that mixed with you know this prohibition. Look how silly this is. You know, I, I think that's great, and people definitely need to, to see this. He finds the facts. He finds he's able to decipher and go through all of the 
nitty-gritty. This is the facts, guys. This is what we did in the 20s, and it didn't work then, and it's not working here either. So, I mean, I mean, you got to be, you know, numb to the maximum to not to get that message. I mean, it's just not working, period. Have you ever cons- I, oh, sorry. Have you ever considered running for office in your in your local community? Have you ever f- given it any thought to attempt to get involved in something like that? Do you think that? No, I'm I'm personally a medicine man, and I I uh, I have a church, Oklahoma um, Native American Church, and right now my major objective is enrolling people into the church as much as fast as I humanly possibly can, James? because I'm keeping people out of prison. Would if if I or if myself or Ian uh, wanted to, do you would you take us on a vision quest if we made it out there? Oh, absolutely, no problem. You go to our website, NativeAmericanChurch.net or .org, and it's right there. You become a member of the Oklahoma Native American Church, and you've got a you've got protection. That's Period. excellent. We yeah, might actually take a road trip down there and uh, wander the desert with you, if that's cool. <laughs> yeah, do, do, probably do it during the springtime. That's when it's really beautiful because it's, getting, it's starting to get cold here. <laughs> Uh, that sounds amazing. Coming, I would love to do that. Coming like, from the frozen tundra of <laughs> northern Montana to make the podcast there to oh, the man. that would the, be fantastic. The springtime desert that sounds uh, quite heavenly. Oh yeah. Well, I got guys. You got great fishing up there. I I I, I really love fishing myself, but uh, you guys got some pristine places up there. I tell you, people make trips. Up Montana, and plus your country is just gorgeous. Absolutely. I would love to give you a tour of Glacier Park if uh, <laughs> if you ever made it up here. <laughs> so what do you what do you think about the, the documentary overall? Uh, do you, it, it's got it's the a, message. I think it's, it's, a, I think it's a positive uh, gigantic step forward. Uh, uh, people being educated and, and knowing and learning the facts I think is is a very 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 healthy uh, step in in um, serving our nation and actually the world because uh, because of our war on drug drugs uh, we have perpetrated this insanity in all in every other country of the of, of, of planet Earth. Absolutely, and, uh, and I think it's a, a once we get uh, straighten ourselves out, then we'll uh, hopefully. We'll be in a better position as helping others to um, get get into the light and be more loving and caring. I gotta say, I just think that's so profound, you know, to to have this this realization. Um, I think Isn't that's. It? I think I think that obviously more people need to have this realization. People should pray to have that kind of experience. Exactly. Once in their life. But my experience is prayer is very very powerful. You follow up your prayer with a positive, mature actions, then you make changes. People don't get change. that, though, because the government and whatever circumstance or environmental, you know, variation might have led to it, but they're so locked down in themselves and their routine and trying to make just enough to, you know, feed the wife and kids. Like, they lose sight of what's really going on and what's important. You, you just... It's hard too. I've done it. Ian's done it. I'm sure you. We've all done it. Like it's it's hard to maintain that level of anything awareness. when you're 
awareness exactly it's hard to 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 stay aware once you really get into that that nine to five routine just trying to you know get by yeah that's sad things are changing and i gotta say to you the internet is 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 prob i mean it's it is really difficult for a politician to lie well look at the have you have you been watching the occupy wall street stuff at all Yes, I have. So and take that, that for example. Uh, back in the day, they could easily have media blacked out, just like they kind of did a little bit towards the beginning of this. But because of the yeah. internet, like we've had a, a continuous live feed from inside the whole time, and uh, like a lot of people here didn't know anything about it until we mentioned it to them, and they're like, "Oh my god, really?" And then the news started coming out, like, oh, 80 protesters were arrested because they were dicks or, you know, what, whatever the, the case might have been. And it, it, uh, you can really see how, how much uh, sway the media kind of puts into these stories when you have the actual story coming from someone that's right there. Like, it, it's amazing how, how this, this goes on for, you know. Well, think about what they're doing. They're actually going after and cleaning up, in my opinion, one of the major reasons for the war on drugs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so in all fronts, uh, uh, what you are doing and people like yourselves are doing, you're actually going at the roots to the problem. We're trying. In this situation, (laughs) uh, uh, the war on drugs is specifically uh, greed. That's really what it is. And so... You, I mean, people around the world, the consciousness of, uh, of the citizens of the United States is saying, hey, this greed is just not working out. I mean, this is just not working. And um, when you have the bankers that cause this such incredibly challenging uh, difficulties for the last decade almost, and, not, and very few of them were uh, made accountable for it, I mean... You're going to figure out that wow, this is corrupt, and so uh, now you're having masses of people that are saying greed is is not good. <laughs> the greed has caused us incredible amount of problems, and so they're they're actually uh, confronting it state head on when they're at Wall Street, and it's spreading all over the country now. Oh, it's amazing. And, and there's there's movements in even here in Montana. Someone started the Occupy Kalispell thing. I got a question for you. If if we're not keeping you too long, you you have you have time or? Sure. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, we just had a story from the MPP blog about Obama, kind of coming back on his memo that he had initially set before he was elected, or no, while he was elected, right? About we're not going to go after you uh, if you have, you know, if, if you're abiding by state medical marijuana laws. The right? Ogden memo that states that the Thanks. federal government wasn't going to put any resources into uh, hunting down cannabis users that were following the state law. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and well, now he's coming out against these uh, California dispensaries saying that the administration will no longer ignore dispensaries and will actively prosecute many commercial operations. Like, how do people, like, what should the reaction to that be? Well, I think it's a, you got to remember something. Uh, a president of the United States, I mean, I, 
I've had issues with um, almost all presidents in one way or the other, but it's one thing that I don't have an issue with. They are my leader. They're the president of my of my country. Right. And I am going to honor that and respect that. Now, with that, I also understand as when he is, uh, when a person is the president of the United States, his constituency is everybody. That is, I mean, everybody. And so he is, he is by law, uh, representing everybody. That includes uh, so-called criminals. That includes the Wall Street. That includes the farmers. The United everybody. States. The whole 50 states. And you would think they, they started on their website, on whitehouse.gov, this petition thing called We the People. It's, and supposedly people start these petitions, and if they get over 5,000 signatures, uh, the administration will give them an answer, or they'll, they'll you know look at them at least. And the number one petition up there is about marijuana. It, it's to say that, you know, treat this like you do alcohol. Last time I looked, it had 52,000-something signatures. That was last week. That was last week. And so 52,891. The next one up from it has 30,000 signatures. They have to address this. And with him saying that we're coming after California dispensaries, how is that going to look to 52,000 potential votes if he's even thinking about it that way? Like, how can you... If I were Obama, okay, if I were Obama, I would be praising these people that are um, materially signing the petition. I would thank them. them. I would would be the president that made history, and everyone would love me because of this. Like, he's not... You're you're forgetting something, okay? 70%, 70% of the entire judicial system of the United States relies on their income on the suppression of drugs. That's true. 70%. So he is the president of the United States of America, and he, part of it is 70% of his constituents is making money off the suppression of, of cannabis. And so he's got to make this balancing act like you have no idea, and to say that it's him that's doing it. That's not him. Well, no, it's I right. It's, it's, the administration it's been set up for more than fifty years. Right. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the best way for him to break this illegitimate way of earning money in this country is to first get a website where people, where he can take it to his constituents as um, as an overall. Of, of, of the United States populace is saying, hey, we want to discuss. And I think I've heard him time and time and say, the marijuana issue is due for a discussion. Well, and that's and exactly just, what this says. It, I this think it's says, due for more we than the that. people want to know when we can have our perfectly legitimate discussion on marijuana legalization. Marijuana prohibition has resulted in the arrest of over 20 million Americans since 1965, countless lives ruined, and hundreds of billions of tax dollars squandered, and yet this policy has still failed to achieve its stated goals of lowering use rates, limiting the drug's access, and creating safer communities. 
Isn't it time to legalize and regulate marijuana in a manner similar to alcohol? If not, please explain why you feel that the continued criminalization of cannabis will achieve the results in the future that it has never achieved in the past. And 52,891 people... That is a mature way of approaching it. And that's... You're going to get results. The discussion. You're going to get results. Absolutely. Well, yeah, not only is the discussion going to... But what happens after the discussion? When you get the majority of the people to understand this has been a con job, that's been laid upon us. I think they're, they we're getting there. People are, people are realizing it. That's and, exactly right. And more than it's a discussion. My about. mom's down with it. My mom's listening right now, and she used to be so against it. Her dad was a police chief lieutenant in New York back in the day, and like she was brought up with that strict, you know, yes sir, no sir. And it, she is seeing, and she's being very good about it of what the government has been portraying here and that look when her son smokes pot allegedly he doesn't get all crazy and go nuts you know like it's a perfectly normal thing and a lot of people in her generation and you know previous that that's what it's got to take they have to come out and realize that look this isn't bad we're not second class citizens everything is fine you're making a big deal out of nothing you know, there was, when I was in college, I'll never forget, I had a, a friend of mine, one of my roommates, and he was a very, very bright guy, and he ended up being a prosecuting attorney in, in, in Houston, as a matter of fact. But anyway, uh, he came home. Uh, I didn't know him a day that he wasn't stoned. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Skip was just stoned all the time. Wow. But anyway, he wrote a paper, and it was, the, the, and he got an A on it. It was a... Um, called The Illegal War on Marijuana. And, and that was his name. And he started the whole thing out, which was just so astounding to me at the time. And, and the first statement was, Martha, I cannot wait to get home for the hemp harvest. George <laughs> Washington. Yep. I mean, that, that, and then it was at one time, uh, the, it was a law. And if you own property, you had to have certain percentage of your property yep. had to be of cannabis. How do you think so, we got our start? You know, like the, we didn't have all of these riches and money when we found this place. Like we got an industry going. We grew a bunch of pot and hemp. I'm glad think, to f- think about think about that statement. That was an industry. Cannabis was an industry because it made rope and made paper and made cloth. It did all these wonderful things, where uh, but then when uh, oil was uh, discovered and people had investments in oil, when uh, uh, what's his name? Um, oh my gosh, that paper magnet out of uh, um, Hearst, Randolph Hearst, uh, uh, acquired all the uh, trees and forestry, so he wanted to make paper out of the wood. And so the suppression of, uh, uh, like, everything that uh, oil can produce, the plastic and stuff, cannabis can do the same thing. And so what they did back in the 20s, they started a campaign, mainly motivated by Hearst, to propagand or to uh, brainwash our society that cannabis was this evil thing. That's when you're... Um, uh, it was a business move. Pardon me? It was a business move. That's all it was. 
suppress the competition. Well, should people that's have people way. shouldn't suffer because of a business plan gone wrong? You know, that's that's ridiculous. Well, but that's what, but look at reality. That is right. What right. The only, the only way that I know that they've been demonized and turn it around and start showing how much more profitable it will be for our culture to uh, stop spending money on the war and drugs and start utilizing that money to build infrastructure, to build better schools, to, to improve the uh, um, uh, the drug rehabilitation program. I don't even like the word rehabilitation. Uh, there's another word called habilitation, which means you move them from one direction to another. Habilitation means you're going to put them back to where they were prior to them becoming addicted. Now, so you want to go forward. And so... You just say, wouldn't it be better in doing preventative medicine than it would be to cause the problems that our culture has had? I think that's a good... I think that's a good argument as far as preventative medicine goes. Um, that's something that that is being discussed a lot in you know the in healthcare and in insurance as well. Um, what I wanted to say though is that you know there are a lot of jobs that are being created from the war on drugs. You have you have like you were saying these prosecuting attorneys. You have the drug enforcement officers. There's you know this is this is a, a huge cycle. You know there there are I, I I don't know the exact number of course, but there's there's I'm sure there's at least a hundred thousand people being employed directly from the war on drugs and so if you if you were to eliminate that do you think that some of the reason why this lie has been carried on is essentially to not only save business but like I said there's a hundred thousand in in most citizens eyes if you're if you're a, a an officer with law enforcement you are doing the community a service and if the war on drugs was to be dismantled then you have all of these agents and all of these officers and all of these people that were fighting this war that now what are they going to do and if we have you know do you see where i'm that's going with this private sector there it is that's exactly the problem you're dealing with you got it's not a few hundred thousand. It's millions. But we is that is two or three million people incarcerated? That means we have uh, at least fifteen million people keeping them in prison and or enforcing the particular laws. You're dealing with a billion billion dollar industry on the suppression of. Uh, and I'm going to just talk about marijuana on this. Sure. People are making billions of dollars supporting their families, feeding their families on keeping this war on drugs going. But that's a simple – if if they wanted to, that's a very simple problem to fix. You take that money and you pour no, it into not. programs no, it's that – it's not simple. Is it's it not? not? Is it just that's, re-education? That's where it starts. If, I mean, if you took – I mean, I'm not – I don't want to say si- simple like <laughs> – I'm sorry, but yeah, it's it's something that we can address. Take your analogy, okay? Let's say you take 70% the war on drugs into this moment, this moment, okay? So tomorrow morning, 70% of the entire judicial system of the United States doesn't have a job anymore. That's not a simple issue. That is incredibly, I mean... The dynamics of that. How do you change 70% of the entire judicial system of the United States? Where do they go to work? Where The families, 
the thing, I mean, it, it, it is a, a mind-boggling. Uh, well, that happened up here when when the timber industry tanked, when the, all the construction tanked. Like there were so many places that were solely supported by timber dollars, and when that went away, like all of these people, they headed to North Dakota, and how they're working on the on the oil stuff there. But it took the that, it took uh, that workforce that out of our community, and that's so you take the same concept, that's no good. And taking seventy percent. That means seventy percent of the judges, seventy percent of the uh, the court uh, clerks, seventy percent of the law enforcement, police officers, uh, the SWAT team, seventy percent of the entire uh, judicial industry, the prison system, every they're out of work. Seventy percent. I mean, that would totally bankrupt our our country within two days. If you ended the war entirely, right at this very moment, it would bankrupt our entire our entire country. So that's the issue that you really are, are combating. And the only way that you can overcome it is have something to replace it with, where they can go to work and do something with it. And we can uh, use the platforms we've been creating to create that infrastructure to have in place by the time we bring it to everyone's attention that, hey, this whole war on drugs is complete bullshit. But, That's right. Well, hey, it's been a, it's been a great conversation, uh, James. I really appreciate the time. We're actually getting to, to the end of the show, though. Uh, thank you for staying on the whole show with us. Uh, it's, it's amazing to, to speak to someone that's, that's done what you've done, and we appreciate all the hard work you put in continuing to do it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, you, like I said, this has been a really profound thing for me because I've been so deeply involved for the last year or so that uh, to hear your side and to hear what you have to say, I mean, it's, it's extremely motivating, and I, I can't say thank you enough. Yeah, I hope we can do it again yeah. sometime. Well, God bless uh, to both of you, and we'll be talking again. You as well, sir. All right. Thank you, James. Right. James Mooney with Leap. Fantastic. I like the guy. I liked him too. Uh, desert journey. I vision journey. Can we get a group discount? I saw some people yeah, in the chat. I mean, some uh, burgers and Justin. No Skype. <laughs> I'm gonna Update tell your Skype. I'm gonna tell you one more time. Skype. This is Microsoft. You speaking. can actually follow this saga throughout <laughs> Attack of the Androids, the Jamhole, Tech Garage, Tech Groove, all the shows that we do. Skype, listen, I'm not going to upgrade. This is Microsoft. Please update your listen, Skype. Listen, Skype. Anyway, I'm sorry. This is Microsoft that speaking. That was, <laughs> doo, doo, doo. please upgrade your Skype. It's that <laughs> British lady on my voicemail. Uh, yeah, but that was a great conversation. I love uh, when we can have guests on the show and and bring that out to you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Um, I would love to take a group a hand-picked <laughs> from the chat group from the forums uh, to Utah. You ever seen? Uh, yeah, Utah. Southern Utah Southern by Utah? the Slot Canyons and by Zion National Park. If you Moab, 
Uh, Zion National Park is an oasis in the middle of the desert. Uh, They got waterfalls and rivers and lakes, and it's in the middle of the desert. But on the brighter side, like in Monument Valley, uh, if you've ever been to a sunrise or a sunset in Monument Valley or in southern Utah by the slot canyons and things, it's it's really an experience. I mean, (laughs) my mom wants from personal experience. Yeah, dude, let's do this. Let's Um, do this like Judas. (laughs) <laughs> that was a great conversation, though. That's James Mooney. Um, yeah, what was his website? I totally uh, – we'll put a, a link to it in the uh, show notes. NativeAmericanChurch.net. Thank you. <laughs> I was about to feel like a huge a-hole. <laughs> I totally forgot. I wrote it down. Okay, That's fantastic. So check paper. that out. Um, yeah, thank you, guys, Ian. Thank hey, you. thanks, guys, as, for listening. I really uh, had a great time tonight. As usual, it's been a slice. And uh, – Email info at hotboxpodcast.com. We got facebook.com slash hotboxpodcast. Uh, we got twitter.com slash hotboxpodcast. We got a YouTube. There's a ton of great activist information just all over the place. There's forums that we share with the jam hole. There's, a, there's just a, a vast media empire just all over uh, the internet there. So... Come hang out in the forums and discuss things with us. And check out that documentary. It's called Prohibition by Ken Burns. Uh, yeah. We'll talk to you guys next Friday, huh? See ya. If you like you weed, like this weed, is where, this is where, where you need to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.